To provide the best care possible for their patients, caregivers have to love their jobs and be highly engaged with their work, their colleagues, and their organization's mission. So how do rural hospitals foster a positive culture to build a strong team? Well, Rachel, with strong relationships, responsive communication, and a whole lot of listening. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm J.J. Hodshire. And this is Rural Health Rising. Welcome to Episode 47, Part 2 of Rural Health Rising. I'm J.J. Hodshire, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hillsdale Hospital. And I'm Rachel Lott, Director of Marketing and Development. So, Rachel, employee engagement is a major focus of hospitals around the country, uh, especially rural hospitals, because it's so central to how patients are cared for each and every day. And certainly, you know that we have spent a tremendous amount of time on inpatient engagement and working with not only patient engagement, but spending as much equal time on employee engagement. Two very important elements for great care that we can give at our hospital. That's right. And uh, on our last episode last week, we kind of hinted at this connection between patient experience and employee engagement. And so today we are back with Josh Stafford, account director at Press Ganey, to continue our conversation, but this time focus more on the employee engagement side of things. So welcome back uh, so quickly to Rural (laughs) Health Rising, Josh. (laughs) Thank you so much. I Thank think you. this might be record time for this uh, could for, be. for two episodes. The only other time we did a part one and part two, I think, was with Dr. Shooker, but it was because our original recording session was so long and so good. We just had to we had to break, had it, to up. break it up. So yeah. well, Josh did change shirts, so we are here today with part two <laughs> of uh, our our program here with Josh Stafford, and we're excited to have him. So um, we're going to shift our focus from the patient experience. Uh, to employee engagement. Now, we talked all last episode about the importance of the patient's perception and their experience, but now we focus on something that's really touching the hearts of many of us here, and that's, you know, how do we engage our employees in a time and an era where right now they're struggling? It's challenging. Um, I was sharing with my executive committee not too long ago that uh, in the course of my history here of 11 years, uh, it is the most frequent use of our counseling services than we've ever used. People are are very, very frustrated. They're stressed. It's a challenging time right now across the country. But even so, for rural health, where we don't have large labor pools and a large depth of, of individuals that we can pull from. So, Joshua, um, why don't you talk to our listeners a little bit about what is employee engagement, you know, and why is it so important? Yeah, so this is actually... I, where I got my start at Prescani was in our employee and physician engagement business as an analyst and then as an advisor. So it's certainly something that's near and dear to my heart as well. Um, and, you know, when we think about employee engagement, it's it's much more than just happy people or was somebody in a good mood that day. Um, you know, the way that we really define engagement has to do with one's likelihood to recommend an organization, both as a place to work as well as a place to receive care, my intent to stay at that organization, as well as my overall pride of working here and, and my overall satisfaction of an, as an employee. And so, you know, at, at its core, it's even more than organizational commitment. It's my connection to the organization. Um, you know, do I feel cared for? Do I feel connected to my leader, to the organization as a whole? You know, and so when we talk about engagement, engagement is really an outcome. It's an outcome of everything else that somebody experiences at the workplace. You know, what is my relationship with my with my job? 
Do I like the work that I do? What is my relationship with my boss? Do they communicate well? Um, all of those things. And then what's my perceptions of the overall organization as a whole? Do we provide safe, high quality care? Um, do I feel communicated with from leadership? All of those things are things that affect whether somebody's going to want to stay, whether they're going to recommend, and overall their pride and their satisfaction as well. You know, so why is engagement important? It's important because it's related to all of these other metrics that we discussed in the previous episode. Um, more engaged teams, more resilient teams, pardon me, are necessary for a high quality patient experience, for um, safe care, uh, for, you know, optimal clinical outcomes. If people don't want to be at work, if they want to be at a different organization, if they are stressed, or if there are challenging elements that are, you know, things that would affect their overall levels of engagement, um, you know, they, they, at the end of the day, aren't bringing their best selves to work. And so um, that translates to less than optimal outcomes for our patients. So you mentioned um, communication and the communication from the top being a really important piece of employee engagement. And I do just want to uh, give JJ some kudos for a second here because um, he writes a sometimes 15-page uh, update for our community and our, our organization. It goes out to all of our staff, our board, and our community providers as well. Um, and he won't let me help him with it. So I've tried a couple times, but he insists on doing it himself. Um, but it's really, I think, powerful for our employees to see that coming directly from him um, on a somewhat regular basis. Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on on what's going on. Are you doing them quarterly now I, I or every other month? Quarterly. Yep. Quarterly. Yep. Um, now, back I before COVID, he was doing a monthly. It's just too hard. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, I think that really um, speaks to, again, like you said, the importance of communication coming directly from the top because people are hearing about what's happening at the hospital. Um, you know, he's bragging on our staff and, and great things that they've been doing, um, and they're getting that directly from the CEO. Um, but when we talk about employee engagement, um, you mentioned this. I think one of the things that fascinates me about patient experience and why um, I'm just so passionate about it is because it, like we talked about on the last episode, it connects to so many different things. The fact that a patient's experience can actually end up affecting their clinical outcomes um, is really important. And it's something that sometimes I think we see that as, you know, the fluffy stuff, right? Of like, oh, well, right. you know, as long as we perform their surgery correctly, um, it doesn't really matter how much they liked us, right? Um, <laughs> but it does because that will impact, you know, how compliant are they with their recovery and what they need to be doing mm -hmm. afterward? How trusting are they of their physician if they have a concern after the fact? And are they going to call soon enough or not? Are they going to go into the ER soon enough or not? You know, all of those things that can relate. Um, but when we talk about employee engagement, relating back to patient experience, what is that connection? How, how do those two things work together? Yeah. So, you know, this is something that we have really been trying to shift in terms of the paradigm and, and how people see these two things, right? Patient experience and engagement and clinical and safety, they, they historically have operated very independently in their own silos. And what we're trying to do is get people to see that you know, these things really do affect each other um, to what you were saying. And so when we're looking at how do we improve one of these things, um, it makes far more sense for us to get the patient experience people and the engagement people in the same room and talking together than having them each go their own separate ways. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we know that 
folks that measure both patient experience and workforce with us, they see higher scores on their likelihood to recommend and their nurse communication domains. So, you know, what the mechanism is behind that, things such as, you know, if if our nurses are working actively on their communication as a team, because in their engagement survey, it came through that they, uh, you know, need to work on their interdepartmental communication, well, then that's something that your patients pick up on. So those are one of the things that we see. Um, you know, I mentioned before, but you know, we see direct relationships between engagement and many of these clinical safety metrics, such as re, uh, infection rates, readmission rates, length of stay. The difference between the top quartile and the bottom quartile performers of, of, on engagement um, with these things are, is really quite startling. You know, the, yes. we're talking a difference in length of stay of almost a day. Yeah. Um, which is wow. huge um, yeah. for, you know, particularly for organizations where, um, you know, the, the finances are a bit tighter. You know, if we're looking at, um, at patient experience generally, it's a 38 percentile point difference in li uh, likelihood to recommend between your bottom quartile and your top quartile on engagement. So it's incredibly important that you understand, wow. you know, where your workforce falls uh, in terms of, you know, engagement, what they're struggling with, uh, where you have opportunities in terms of pockets of the organization who are having a fundamentally different experience from everybody else, because it really does have a, a very strong driving force on the experience that your patients will receive. You know, Josh, let's talk about in the years of BC before COVID. Um, <laughs> you know, how, how has employee engagement changed over the course of the past few years in light of the COVID pandemic and what we have experienced and seen in hospitals. You know, you you turn the television on, you see when nurses originally were walking out and care providers and doctors and whoever it was in health systems, you know, scores of people would be on the side of the road clapping. You know, that's kind of gone now. You don't see that. Um, so how has that employee engagement now they've gone from kind of being the heroes to now we got this mandate who not necessarily everyone agrees with and they feel it's a challenging time. Mm -hmm. So so what have you seen in other hospitals and maybe, you know, as a system, what does that employee engagement look like in the last few years? Yeah. So. The engagement for one, looking at our national database, right, which is at this point about 1.8 million unique healthcare workers from the past two years, um, that database has been declining since about 2018. Um, so that be, even before COVID, um, and you know the 2018 database is made up of 2015 and 20 or the 2016 and 2017 responses. And that was at a 4.14, and that's now in 2021, a 4.09. So when you're talking about even a 0.01 decrease in a database that large, it's really meaningful. Um, and so, you know, we the, the whole nursing shortage is, is not something that is entirely new. It's something that certainly has been exasperated by COVID, but um, was something that I think our clients and, and many organizations across the country were feeling even prior to that. Um, and so uh, there has been a little bit of a crisis of engagement going on for some time. If we look at, you know, community hospitals in particular, they really follow the same trend, except with some more substantial drops in engagement, you know, kind of uh, over the past five years or so. 
when we look at the impact of COVID itself, um, it's not a kind of a perfectly linear uh, relationship like you might expect. You know, when we started in when COVID started back in early 2020, uh, or was really a, a presence here in the United States, um, we had many organizations that opted to not survey with us during that time. The organizations that did survey, we actually saw a COVID bump. Their engagement went up uh, in the early days of the pandemic. So, you know, your a hypothesis around that could be that organizations did a really good job of communicating in that time. I mean, you can think of people over communicating. Um, and if you're, if you have measuring engagement baked into your culture to such an extent that you're going to keep your survey, even during the start of a pandemic, then you're probably some, an organization that does a really good job of communicating. And so folks really bonded together. We saw high levels of teamwork reported. Um, we saw high levels of communication, high levels of confidence in senior leadership, all of that stuff kind of in the early days of the pandemic. Since then, um, you know, we've really seen a national decline. Um, our 2022 benchmark is going to be coming out here soon, um, sometime this month. And, and you know, when we're looking at engagement, that 2022 benchmark is going to include two years of pandemic data in it. It'll include the 2020 and the 2021 data um, of, of folks that have surveyed with us. And so we're expecting probably to see a decline of around 0.3. Um, to 0.5 in, in that benchmark. So it'll be a fairly remarkable drop from, uh, from the pre-pandemic days in terms of engagement, which really probably doesn't come as a huge surprise um, mm -hmm. given how challenging the past couple of years have been. And so outside of engagement, one of the other things that we look at is a metric called resilience. And resilience, you can think about as being uh, an early warning system for burnout. And so it's made up of uh, two separate domains, activation and decompression. We measure each of those with four questions. And activation is your ability to come to work every day, finding meaning in your job, treating every patient as a unique individual. And decompression is the other half of the coin. It's the ability to, to leave your work at work and disconnect when you're away. So as you might suspect, uh, folks have had a very hard time decompressing. Um, really since the pandemic began. What's more concerning is that in the last about year or so, we've really seen uh, a substantial drop in activation. People are starting to not find meaning in the work. They're starting to become more callous, um, as I'm sure you know both of you have seen. Uh, and so that's become incredibly challenging. And it's, you know, we have people leaving healthcare left and right. It's because they're flat out burning out. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and that's been a real, real challenge for organizations. So Josh, picture it. May 2020, I take over as the chief executive officer of the hospital. I call in my HR director, right? We're like, we're just, we're learning of the, the, the pandemic. We're dealing with all these issues. I have to have a, a response plan. I've got to make sure that we're following all the requirements for our skilled nursing facility, which at the time was uh, all skilled nursing facilities were under heavy scrutiny. So I call my HR director in one early morning and I said, Stacy, I want to, I want to launch an employee survey. And Rachel, she looked at me like a mule looks at a fresh new gate. Like I ain't crossing over. And she looked at me and she said, are you serious? And I said, absolutely. If there's ever been a time when I need to know where my staff are, it's now. And so we went through a process. 
Uh, and we interviewed several vendors. And guess who we chose? Prescani. No, we did not. Use, we did not. We did not use Prescani. Oh, no. my goodness. That's who we're going to use. I'm sorry. And we chose to evaluate our staff. We will use Prescani. We <laughs> chose to evaluate our staff based on uh, a simple core questions of, do you feel valued in the workplace? Do you have the tools to do your job? And what was most important is I had to face the reality, Josh, of answering some tough questions. My workforce didn't feel like they had the tools. And it was hard for a brand new CEO seated in my spot to look at this and to have to come up with a plan. Rachel, those are some tough discussions. Oh, yeah. And I want to tell you, for any CEO that's listening today and you want to engage in a survey with your staff, do it. There, I, I have talked to scores of CEOs across my small circle here in Michigan. Do you know a lot of them gave up their surveying of their employees? Because yeah, I'm not surprised. I well, mean, we I'm on Stacy's um, committee because that's also part of our strategic planning. One of our strategic planning committees um, is focused on employee engagement, and so we kind of took your directive on the on the survey, and it just kind of accelerated our timeline for what we were doing with that. Um, and we talked about it. We were like, does it really make sense to do this right now? Um, and how are we going to be able to compare that later? Of course, at that time, we didn't know we were still going to be in it, um, you know, o- over a year later. But it was a serious consideration of are, are we going to get what we actually need out of this, thinking of the pandemic as more short term than yeah. long term. And hearing a lot of CEOs say, I know what the staff are going to say. You, you owe it to your organization and to your employees to survey them. Right. I think it is so critical. You know, we're in, in Josh, I know you're familiar with the Studer Group, you know, but yeah. we have been a Studer hospital for on and off for a decade, right? And we, have, we know that in our rounding and the importance of asking the questions, you have the tools to do your job, you know, and we ask a series of questions for engagement. And what I find is the days and the times in which we are not rounding with our employees, it's when we fail, Rachel. Yep. So we've got to ask the questions. Now, it was tough for me to get some of those responses back, Josh, but I think you would agree that the critical nature of employee engagement is to assess where they are and then build a plan for how, how to correct that, correct? And then we yeah. resurvey. So right. drum roll, please. We resurveyed. And our last survey was we increased it by a little bit. Hey. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And incremental uh, growth is not a bad is, thing. It's is still huge in a time in which we have significant burnout, departures, uh, and then the federal mandate. So I know that was a long way around in, in, in a conversation, Josh, but I think of all people who run employee surveys, you see the value of employers, especially in healthcare, of keeping those surveys active, correct? Right. And to underscore that point, Although we saw a drop in engagement, when we look at the 2020 benchmark, the drop was less significant in organizations that kept their 2020 survey than it was in those that didn't. And there's there there's the data there to back is. that up. Yeah. There it is. It's the message you send to your staff by not asking for their opinion when you know they are under stress yeah. And, um, you know, in in a difficult time, which, you know, if you really think about it, that's probably when it's most important to ask because it tells you how um, solid maybe the metrics you've seen before actually were, how quickly or easily were those able to change and and what's the stability 
of those different elements of your employee engagement if they're high and then something like this comes in and they just completely tank, well, then you're like, okay, how much of that was maybe superficial or did we think we were doing fine and so we stopped talking about it for too long or, um, you know, those kinds of things kind of said, oh, well, we're good now. We're comfortable. We're just we, – we handled employee engagement and we're moving on as opposed to maybe we need to be more consistent so that when crazy things like this do happen, hopefully never again in our lifetimes, but, you know, when something really stressful happens – is your team prepared um, mm-hmm. and are, are those engagement numbers going to be able to hold um, during that? And with this, we've talked about this on patient experience too, but in rural hospitals versus urban hospitals, do you see employee engagement being stronger in one versus the other? Is it harder to change in one versus the other, rural versus urban? Are there different key issues maybe that have the most impact on employee engagement in rural versus urban? Yeah, so, you know, similar to the patient experience space, um, we do see higher engagement when it comes to community hospitals or critical access hospitals. That's when comparing, you know, the national database to these smaller sub-databases. Um, and really, I think it goes back partially similar to patient experience to for the ability for these organizations to pivot quicker um, and to set culture maybe a, a little bit easier. Um, in terms of what drives engagement, we don't see a ton of differences in what we see in larger organizations. And you know, if you if you say if you walked up to the average person on the street and said, "What do you think?" keeps people working at their jobs. I bet you'd find a lot of people that said money. And that is not a key driver of engagement that we see very often. Um, I think, Rachel, you've mentioned it before that, you know, once people hit kind of a certain income level, um, you know, everything else is, is bonus. And so what we see as key drivers going back to the patient experience conversation are really connection related items. Um, Our top key driver, a lot of times is the item I feel like I belong at this organization. So that sense of belonging, that sense of community, which rural health is able to foster because, um, you know, of that natural kind of community feel you're dealing with uh, people, you know, um, you know, the organization is smaller. You get to know your coworkers better. All of that stuff, you know, kind of builds that more familial sense within organizations. You know, other key drivers that we see often are perceptions of the quality of care. Uh, this organization treats me with respect, you know, which is a really an item relating to do or employees feel like they're communicated too well? Um, you know, do they feel like the decisions that are being made are explained uh, and in the best interest of the patient as well as the caregiver? So a lot of those items that really drive engagement, they hold true, you know, across different organizational sizes. I think some of the challenges that we see in rural health might be a little unique. So one that we see quite a bit is this idea of career development. It's harder to create a career ladder in a smaller organization than it is in a bigger organization. And so, you know, those are some, um, those are, that, that's a real issue that I think I see from time to time. You know, interestingly, I, I did a little comparison for, of our community hospital norm compared to our national average benchmark. And, you know, some of the areas where community hospitals outperform the benchmark are in areas relating to pay, pay fairness, job stress, um, satisfaction with recognition, communication across levels, climate of trust, staffing. 
a lot of these things that because you're a smaller organization, you know, you are able to communicate better. You're able to, in most cases, in a normal year, um, folks, you know, maybe don't have as stressful of a job. Um, and so, you know, those are some areas where we see rural health actually outperforming the rest of the country. So for our HR executives, our CEOs that are listening to this podcast, we're going to let them get some free information from <laughs> Press Ganey here. They're going to get some free tips. Um, so my question is, you know, maybe someone's listening today and they're really struggling with this whole engagement piece, which we all are. We have to be honest with ourselves. It's very challenging. You know, when a traveling nurse can make $125 an hour, you know, it's, it's hard. It's right. hard to compete with that. And people are thinking, you know what, I've had enough of this. I'm willing to go to Florida. I'm willing to go to these other states that may not have high rates of COVID that we do. So, so, all right, we're sitting here. We have individuals listening to the podcast who are facing that challenges. What strategies can hospitals deploy uh, in which that would allow them to improve their employee engagement? And by proxy, obviously that has a relationship to improving patient experience. So what, just thumbnail, what are a couple things that you can think of that they could do? I bet you his first answer is going to be get the data, right? It should be. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and here's the number that what? you can reach Josh right. Stafford. <laughs> What gets measured gets managed. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's always the first step is you have to know where you stand. Uh, and, you know, you, you have to get some, some actionable data. Um, and, and there's a lot of people, there's a lot of surveys out there that aren't good surveys. So it, it really does pay to, you know, go through a, a good vendor to get some really good data around your engagement, around your experience of your folks. You know, where do you have teams? Where do you have leaders that need development? Um, you know, these are these are all really key issues that you should be getting when you're looking at your culture. You know, the second is to turn employee engagement not into a, a once a year event, but something that's constantly on the radar. You know, is this on the board scorecard? Is this something that's talked about at the C-suite meetings? Um, you know, this is not a once a year survey. It's how we operate. And I loved I, the quote, I think JJ, you mentioned this earlier, the grass is greener where you water it. You know, you have to do the work, you have to water it. And it's not just, you know, it's, it's what, what gets measured gets managed until it's not managed. Right. So you have to do the work to pay attention to this stuff and to listen to your employees and for orgs that have really strong cultures, it doesn't happen by accident. They're very, very intentional about listening to their people um, and they're very intentional about using the data that they get. So, you know, ensuring that uh, folks are improvement planning on that data, ensuring that there are accountability structures in place. You know, again, going back to the culture from the top piece, you know, folks need to know what kind of support they're going to be given from leadership. Um, and leadership needs to really be responsible and, and own uh, the culture and own the engagement of their staff. You know, and lastly, I think is try to think of these things in an integrated light. Try to think of engagement and patient experience as an integrated light. You know, an example is, you know, a lot of organizations have purposeful hourly rounding practices. Yeah. You know, how can you take a practice that you're already doing for patient experience and expand it in a way that helps you with your engagement of your staff, that helps you listen to your staff, provide feedback and so on. And so, um, you know, those would be kind of at a high level, you know, my my pointers for now. 
You know, we often say here at Hillsdale, what we permit, we promote. Mm-hmm. And when we permit certain behaviors and activities that go against our culture, whether it's a culture of safety, whether it's our quality culture, we're, we're, we're permitting it. And uh, we're not only permitting it, then as a result of permitting it, we promote it. And even in our silence, we can promote those type of things. And that's a concern. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening today to the podcast and you've enjoyed this, you know, you have an opportunity to change your culture. You have an opportunity and you can you can still do it in the midst of COVID-19. We know that there's going to be an AC and after COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, right now we're living in the days in which we just don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty. And so we've got to realize that we've got to manage our staff and we've got to work within that structure to make sure that our patients have the best experience possible. And so that's the challenge that remains for many healthcare organizations right now. And some of them are just in a simple flight and fight uh, mode right now. You know, many of them are are going to take flight if they can't do what they think they need to do. And many of them are going to fight back. And uh, if you're a hospital like ours, a rural independent hospital, and you know what you're fighting for, we're fighting to sustain healthcare in Hillsdale County, but it has a far greater impact than that. We impact mm-hmm. our economies. We impact uh, outcomes of health of individuals every day with the types of things we do and don't do. So creating that culture is so important. So create a culture of engagement at your hospital, uh, and that starts by surveying them. And uh, we would certainly encourage you to reach out to Josh. His information will be found on our podcast today, and you can be able to find that uh, with his information. And we're so excited that you joined us, not for one, but for two episodes. So, Josh, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your time. And thank you so much for your commitment to improving patient satisfaction and employee engagement. Well, thank you, JJ, and thank you, Rachel, and I appreciate you having me, and I appreciate all you guys are doing with this podcast and the work that you're doing in your community, so thank you very much. Next time on Rural Health Rising, we'll have another great conversation with another great guest, so be sure to tune in. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen, too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. And you can now find us on Twitter. I'm at Hillsdale CEO JJ. Rachel is at Rural Health Rach. And you can also follow the podcast at Rural Health Pod. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, and a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. Hosted by JJ Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. Special thanks to today's guest, Josh Stafford, account director at Press Gating. For more episodes, interviews, and more information, visit ruralhealthrising.com. That's right. When you were like, we should yeah. have you back on here for an yeah. episode. Well, I was I like, maybe, is he just <laughs> playing into it or did he well, not I, know? No, I was playing into it. <laughs> I thought but, so. Yeah. But for a second, I was like, hmm, you just did it so well. Uh, well, thank you. So I'll bring thank your you. Oscar in tomorrow. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> then we can both sign autographs later. Oh, don't stop. Don't yeah, stop. Right? All right. (laughs) Here we go.